0: We start today with the death of the longest serving senator, Dianne Feinstein, who passed away very late last week at age 90. Gavin Newsom has already indicated who he will select as her replacement. We will discuss that and we will talk about the longer term implications of this CNBC reports Dianne Feinstein, both the oldest member of the U.S. Senate and the longest serving senator from California, has died at age 90. This leaves vacant a powerful Senate seat, says CNBC, requiring Governor Gavin Newsom to appoint a temporary successor. Remember, we've interviewed two of the three major candidates running for that seat um, in 2024. We will talk about that. The Democratic senators decades long career was studded with major legislative achievements on issues, including gun control and the environment. She has been in the Senate since 1992 and she passed away in her home in Washington, D.C. It truly is. You know what? One of the unfortunate things about this is that due to the very apparent decline of Diane Feinstein over the last few years and we don't need to now. Uh, enumerate every element of it and, you know, jump on her grave. We don't need to do that. But due to the obvious decline of Dianne Feinstein, so many questions have been raised over the last few years, including should there be upper limits uh, for members of the Senate? This is not just because of Feinstein. It's come up because of Grassley and Mitch McConnell's latest health issues, Trump and Biden, et cetera. That's one issue. But as far as Feinstein specifically, It's sad to say, but the appearance of her legacy was diminished because of all of that talk about her health, when the reality is that this is a career that in some total was more than half a century. Incredible accomplishments at so many different levels. Her role in women's rights and labor rights and in so many different areas, it really is an incredibly accomplished and storied career that some are finding it difficult to separate from what feels in some circles as a refusal to give up power when the time to give up power was appropriate. She planned to retire at the end of the current Senate term, which, of course, would be decided in November of 2024. And ultimately, the current term would end in January of 2025. She did not make it there. And now Gavin Newsom ends up in the position of selecting her temporary replacement, which would bring us just to the already scheduled election 13 months almost to the day from today, which is incredibly soon. It's unbelievable that we are already at the 2024 election. Uh, The selection that um, Gavin Newsom has made is that of Lafonza Butler who will become from an identity perspective, as many of the stories point out, the first black lesbian to serve in Congress. I don't have much to say about that. Obviously, any time that there is an interesting identity story, it can be meaningful and powerful to people. Uh, I don't ignore that at all. I just don't have much to say about her being the first black lesbian to serve in Congress. More interestingly, is the background of Lafonza Butler. The question as to whether she will now want to run for this seat in November of 2024. There's much to say about that. Uh, And of course, there is already a controversy which relates to her residency. Um, A little bit about her background. Butler, a Democratic strategist and advisor to Kamala to vice president. Kamala Harris's 2020 presidential campaign will be the only black female senator to currently serve in Congress and only the third in US history. She will be the first openly LGBTQ+ person to represent California. Newsom describes her as a staunch leader who will proudly represent the Senate, uh, proudly represent the state in the Senate, carry the baton left by Feinstein an advocate for women's rights, a second generation fighter for working people and a trusted advisor to Vice President Harris. Um, That is the selection from Gavin Newsom. It's all fine, well and good. The immediate controversy is does she actually live in California, which is indeed a question that should be answered because the rules are that they must. There is I'm not going to read this entire Newsweek article to you, but we'll link to it. It's called LaFonza Butler's non California residence raises questions. The question that's being raised is that it appears as though it appears as though Butler is registered to vote in Maryland, uh, owns property in Maryland and seems to have a number of different ties to Maryland. Now, of course, if she merely owns a home in Maryland but really resides in California, colloquially, as we understand that to mean. And also for legal purposes, there really is no issue. However, there is a question as to whether she lives in California. I don't expect that this is going to be an impediment to her ultimate um, uh, uh, taking that seat. But uh, it is a question that has immediately came up. The next question is, will Butler run for this seat afterwards? She would be a very late addition as that race is already underway. Uh, On uh, in addition to that, Gavin Newsom previously said, I plan to appoint someone who is not looking to keep this seat indefinitely. If given the opportunity to select someone, Newsom said, I'm going to appoint someone that truly will just be temporary. It will just be interim. And uh, if that is the case, if that's something that was discussed with LaFonza Butler already, the expectation would be she will be there only until January of 2025, about a 13 month I'm sorry, 15 month term, essentially. And then whoever wins that election, be it Adam Schiff or one of the other candidates will uh, will take over. This is the way that the legacy of Dianne Feinstein is. Uh, This is the epilogue, so to speak. And um, we will see what comes for that Senate seat in California. Texas wants to build another wall, but this is a wall between it and another American state, New Mexico. Is this even legal? The answer appears to be no. This is the latest ridiculous radicalized screed from Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who said at the Manhattan Institute event over the weekend at which he spoke, we it's not just Mexico we're going to build a wall with next to up against. We are going to have to build one with New Mexico as well. Take a listen to this.
1: And so not only are we building border barriers between the border of Texas and Mexico, we're also having now to build border barriers between Texas and New Mexico.
0: Mm. Now, why is this? Well, part of the issue that Greg Abbott has is that New Mexico has become almost like a safe harbor state for those unable to obtain the reproductive health care that they want or need in Texas. And some are going to the far more blue state of New Mexico. Now, Greg Abbott mentions, by the way, we've built some barriers with Mexico. Some of those barriers, including the floating water based barriers that we've talked about many times on the bonus show, have been deemed illegal. And ordered taken down. So the casual nature with which Greg Abbott says, listen, we built some with Mexico and we'll build some with New Mexico. Many of the Mexico ones are illegal. And this that he is proposing with New Mexico is almost certainly also against the law. Now, remember, these are Republicans who say law and order is the priority. Always, always most important due process, constitutional rights, law and order, and yet January 6th, demanding Bob Menendez resign, but neither Trump uh, drop out of the race nor Santos resign, even though they've been indicted, uh, saying, eh, you know, okay, fine. It's not exactly legal what Russia did to Ukraine, but I think we should get out of there and not not defend them. And uh, and lock them up, lock this person up, lock that person up. They say they're about due process and law and order. We know that they are not. It seems abundantly clear that you can't put up a wall with another state. Remember how actually there's a funny hypocrisy. Hypocrisy doesn't matter to Republicans anymore. But remember during covid how the right wingers would say you can't limit people's ability to travel between states. No, you can't do that because of the Commerce Clause and because of all these other things. Well, that is now apparently not a concern when it comes to putting up a wall between Texas and New Mexico. So a number of legal questions. Number one, yes, the Interstate Commerce Clause, the Interstate Commerce Clause. This is the U.S. Constitution which gives Congress the power to regulate interstate commerce. If you were to erect a wall between states, you are arguably interfering with the flow of goods and services between states. That would be a violation of the Commerce Clause if you're not convinced by that one. That's not the only legal problem here. There's something called the Privileges and Immunities Clause. That's in Article 4, Section 2. And it ensures that citizens of each state are afforded the same rights as citizens in all other states. If you put up a wall between Texas and New Mexico, you could be violating that clause, especially if the point and the outcome is to limit the movement of citizens from one state to another particularly to avail themselves of things that are rights in New Mexico. Problem number three, there's something called federal preemption. Immigration and border security specifically are primarily federal responsibilities in the United States. Now, you can make the argument a wall between states doesn't relate to international borders and it doesn't relate to immigration per se. But it is still a state taking action, stepping into what is normally federal jurisdiction. So that could be problem number three legally. And then number four, I assure you that if you say let's put up a wall between states, you are going to have land rights and environmental concerns, because if you build a wall that happens to be on the border, you would, number one, almost certainly have to try to use eminent domain to obtain the private land that could be challenged. There could be environmental and ecological concerns, especially if putting a wall across on an entire state uh, affects ecosystems or wildlife migration patterns, which it almost certainly would. So is Greg Abbott really going to build a wall between Texas and New Mexico? I assume the answer is almost certainly not. Does the mere fact that he's willing to mention it show that either he or he assumes his followers are completely, completely ignorant of the law and restrictions upon building such a wall? Yeah. Either Greg Abbott doesn't know that this would be against the law or Greg Abbott knows, but assumes that the people who would see this as exciting red meat wouldn't know any better. Probably the latter would be my guess. My guess is Greg Abbott privately has been advised, sir, it pains me to tell you this, but you you can't do this. And he's assuming that he'll get points from his followers because they won't know any better. That's my guess. My prediction, if I were a betting man and I'm not. But if I were a betting man, my prediction is no such wall gets built. Let me know what you think in the comments in an email. I'll keep you posted. If such a wall does get built, I'll be the first to tell you. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online. Designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy, and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com slash Pacman Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H E L P.com slash Pacman Show. The link is in the podcast notes. If you've been thinking about getting a new mattress, Helix Sleep is where I would start. I've been sleeping on Helix mattresses for years now. I recommend Helix to everyone, which is why I wanted them as a sponsor. If you don't want to take my word for it, Helix has been awarded number one mattress by both GQ and Wired magazine. And one of the things that makes Helix unique is their sleep quiz. I didn't really know what kind of mattress would be best for me. But you do this short sleep quiz. You answer questions about your body type and your preferences, what position you like to sleep in. And Helix will match you with the perfect mattress for you so you know you're actually getting something tailored to your needs instead of going in blind like most people do. I got my Helix mattress designed to stay cool at night since I hate getting hot while I sleep. Shipping is always free. You get a 100 nights to decide whether you like it. My audience gets a huge 20% discount off of all orders plus two free pillows. Go to helixsleep.com/pacman and enter code helixpartner20 at checkout. That's helixsleep.com/pacman. Then use code helixpartner20 to get 20% off and two free pillows. The info is in the podcast notes. I would really love for you to get the full David Pakman show experience. And by that, I mean the entire show stripped of commercials and advertisements. You could watch it as a video show show or an audio show. Uh, I listen to podcasts when I go to the gym, for example, so I don't need the video. I want the audio. Give me that sweet, sweet audio Uh, as well as the bonus show. We do an extra show every day weekday. We take weekends off for our paid subscribers. You can get all of these great benefits and make the show available to everybody. Remember, I'll I'll be honest, the zero point seven percent of people who who get memberships, they are subsidizing the production of this show for everybody else. The free podcast, the program being given away for free to radio shows and to television affiliates and all of the different things we do. It's made possible. By the 0.7% for the other 99.3%. And that's a beautiful thing. We want this to be available to everybody. So get the full experience as a member at joinpacman.com. Prices have not increased for over a decade for membership. They will be going up when the new website launches in a month or two, but all prices are frozen forever. If you lock in today's prices, you will never have to pay. January prices or December prices. So sign up at joinpacan.com and you can use the coupon code four years for indictments. That's no spaces, all lower sca- lower, lowercase with the number four, four years for indictments at joinpac.com. The search continues courageously for the evidence against Joe Biden. Never mind that he's been in public life for 50 years and they just can't seem to find the evidence. And unfortunately for Congresswoman Nancy Mace, why does it always happen to Nancy Mace? She just can't cite even a shred of an iota of a kernel of a crumb of a seed of evidence. The latest line of questioning from Fox News is Maria Bartiromo. To her credit, it's a good question. You claim that Joe Biden corruptly made policy decisions for profit, either for his own profit or for Hunter Biden's profit. Can you name one such decision for which he profited from which he profited? And Nancy Mays is like, no, I I haven't had time to research that, really, because you're going pretty uh, uh, high and fast here on an impeachment inquiry because you're convinced that the evidence is there. You haven't had time. Listen to this.
1: Have you been able to identify specific policy decisions that Joe Biden made that he was paid for? Right. I have not had the uh, the the ability to research that. I've been looking more at the <laughs> LLCs, the bank records, all of the lies that Joe Biden has told, and what evidence we have so far in meetings, dinners, appointments
0: yeah, if lies were an impeachable offense, imagine that White
1: House records, uh, et cetera, phone messages, text messages, emails, et cetera, connecting the dots
2: with Joe Biden.
0: a lot of ceteras in there. I don't know why she says it that way, but when, when it's all et cetera. At some point, we're going to need the real stuff. So let me give you a little bit of the backstory here. Previously, they were alleging the big decision, the big policy thing that Biden did to benefit, if not himself, to benefit his son, Hunter Biden, was to push for the firing of a Ukrainian prosecutor, Viktor Shokin. The story they were telling was Biden of his own accord decided I'm just going to demand they fire this guy or otherwise I'm going to keep a billion dollars away from them in aid. The argument was. Shokin was investigating Burisma. Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma. So by getting Shokin out of the way, he gets the investigation to stop and it doesn't affect Hunter Biden's finances. And maybe Joe Biden was getting some kind of kickback. The problems with that are numerous. Number one, Last week, former Ukrainian President Poroshenko went on Fox News and said he was fired because he was nuts. He was just terrible. It was a horrible guy doing terrible things, horribly corrupt, Uh, not because it was Joe Biden looking to get him out of the way. Completely blew up the conspiracy theory. Secondly, Biden was merely the messenger of the Obama administration's position on Shokin, which is he's corrupt and he should be fired. And by the way, that was not a position held only by the United States the United States and many of our allies all were unanimous. Shokin's a problem. He's corrupt. He should be fired now that that decision has been totally destroyed as the decision Biden made for profit, the policy he pushed for for profit. They're back to ground zero and they have nothing. And again, at some point we have to apply some simple version of Occam's razor is the explanation for why they have no evidence that over a 50 year period, the now demented Biden who doesn't know what day it is has meticulously hidden all evidence of widespread criminality, including bribery that benefited him, bribery that benefited Hunter Biden. Laptop evidence has been destroyed and documentary evidence has been destroyed and everybody who knows him has been bribed or threatened with death. Is that the explanation for why there is no evidence okay, on one on the one hand? Or is the explanation for why there's no evidence that Joe Biden didn't do any of these things? He didn't get involved in some kind of criminal bribery uh, uh, conspiracy with Hunter Biden and maybe Hillary Clinton's involved or Obama. I don't even really know. Maybe that's the explanation. At some point, we have to go with the simpler explanation that requires the fewest assumptions and the fewer cover ups unless we have some specific reason to say the explanation isn't that there are no crimes. It's this other thing that would involve 100 people and 50 years of covering stuff up. I don't know, guys. I'm just asking the question. Maybe at some point we go with what is most obvious. This is unbelievable stuff. Remember at the debate among Republicans last Wednesday, when Ron DeSantis, in an attempt to attack California, said, I ran into four people, three or four people who were mugged in Southern California. Remember this moment from the debate? My wife and I have
2: met three people who have been mugged on the street.
0: (laughs) Yeah, bobble, head, head bobbling aside. The story is not the most remarkable story because in metropolitan places Cities, sometimes there are muggings, even in really safe cities, in dangerous cities and safe cities, sometimes people get mugged. So it's not a super remarkable story. And of course, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, accurately pointed out, you know, DeSantis might want to look at crime rates in Jacksonville, for example, where they are higher than in California. Okay. Three days after this debate, DeSantis appears with Maria Bartiromo and he tells the same story, except now there are six to seven people who came up to him to tell him the story. As of Wednesday, three to four people came up to him to say that I got mugged in Southern California. Suddenly, now, six to seven people have come up to him. The story changed very quickly. People.
2: My wife and I ran into six or seven people that had been mugged in the last year in Southern California. When has that ever been acceptable?
0: Right now, there are a couple possibilities here. Is it possible that Ron DeSantis, after telling the story of three to four muggings on Wednesday night, immediately after he got off the debate stage, but right before he left California, because remember, after the debate, DeSantis left California, someone was so three, three more people were so overcome with emotion about the fact that DeSantis mentioned three to four muggings. That three or four more people went up to him and said, sir, I was also mugged here in Southern California in just like a couple hours before DeSantis flew home. Is that the possibility or is it more likely that DeSantis has made the whole thing up? That DeSantis, I don't know, heard about someone getting mugged in California or maybe one person two months ago told DeSantis, I got mugged in California. And now the story has taken on a life of its own. Three to four people. That doesn't sound like enough. Now it's six to seven people do the mugging victims that have spoken to Ron DeSantis actually even exist now? Obviously, obviously people do get mugged in big cities all across the country, period. But whether DeSantis met them, whether more of them went up to Ron DeSantis in just this tiny sliver of time between the debate and the interview with Maria Bartiromo, it's a real question mark. And these stories strike me as the Sir, with tears in my eyes stories, which, by the way, we'll have some from, from Trump coming up either today or tomorrow when Trump talks about, you know, people come up to me and they say, sir, we don't have any bullets. Obama took all the bullets. We need bullets. And these are strong, burly men and they're crying because they've never seen anything like this before. And we go, yeah, that, that obviously did not happen. That's a fake story that Trump is making up this DeSantis stuff strikes me as exactly the same thing. I don't know that the mugging victims actually exist. All right. La- one little bonus clip from this interview. This is actually good. Maria Bartiromo asks DeSantis a good question, which is, what's your path to this nomination? There doesn't really seem to be one. You're, you're just losing. Like, the- I don't understand how you're going to get this nomination. And Desantis's pained answer through gritted teeth. If I'm a DeSantis donor, I'm not inspired with confidence by this answer. Take a listen.
1: But real quick before you go, let's face it, Governor, Donald Trump is ahead of you uh, by a significant margin. I think the last poll was 52 percent above uh, right now for Trump. Uh, How are you going to cut into Trump's lead? What truly is your path to victory?
0: Right? I have none.
2: You, You show up, you make the case Uh, You don't mail it in. You don't go missing in action. You meet (laughs) voters on the ground in the early states, Iowa, New Hampshire in particular, um, and tell them about the future of the country and why you're the best candidate. And so I think that uh, I'll be the guy, I've been the most dependable leader the Republican Party's had in recent years. I've delivered. I haven't just talked. And that's what we need in Washington. The time for excuses is over. Twenty twenty four is make or break. We're not getting a mulligan on this one. We either get the job done, uh, or we're going to be in a hole in this country for the next generation. Well, you. (laughs) Uh,
0: So, what exactly is your path? Because remember, nothing that he said there suggests it's going to convince even a single Trump voter. By the way, over the weekend, the dynamics of this race have continued to remain mostly as they are. Trump is still polling 57 percent. DeSantis is all the way down to 13 and a half. And interestingly, the most interesting polling change over the weekend is that Nikki Haley is now building a lead on Vivek Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy has been in third place for a while now. Late last week, I told you guys, in an average of recent polls, Nikki Haley is now ahead of Vivek, but it was only by about half a point. Over the weekend, with more new polling, Nikki Haley is now a point and a half ahead of Vivek Ramaswamy. So the trend here is Ramaswamy's surge is done. Haley is the only person right now that seems capable of catching DeSantis to get into second place. And then can she mount an attack on Trump from second place? Everybody's running out of time, but that's where we are. Haley taking a more clear lead over Vivek Ramaswamy over the weekend. We'll check in on these numbers by the end of the week. We're going to take the quickest of breaks and then the Monday show will continue if I have anything to say about it. One of our sponsors today is Zipix Nicotine Toothpicks Zipix brings you a convenient alternative to smoking and vaping and the vape clouds, the ashtrays, the thing in your lip that people can see. I've seen that around. This is an easier and less messy way. To curb the cravings, and you can use Zipix just about anywhere. Zipix is available in six flavors with two or three milligram strength. The nicotine and the flavor are long lasting, and Zipix has helped countless people kick the bad habits, and they are bad habits. Zipix toothpicks are FDA registered, their customer service is second to none. It is one of the most cost effective alternatives. Also check out their B12 and caffeine toothpicks. See for yourself why so many people have switched to Zipix toothpicks. You can only get Zipix online. Quitting has never been easier with Zipix nicotine toothpicks. Go to Zipix.com, get 10% off with the code Pacman 10 at checkout. That's Z I P P I X.com. Use code Packman10 for 10% off. The info is in the podcast notes. A bloodthirsty Donald Trump, a civilly liable rapist, mind you, went to California over the weekend and delivered arguably the most vile and disgusting speech of this election season. By the way, Trump giving the speech in Anaheim, attacking Beverly Hills, then immediately leaving the speech, going to Beverly Hills for a fundraiser at which he was brutally heckled. And we will get to that. Look at this. Donald Trump suggesting. If you rob a store, you should expect and should be able to be legally shot dead for shoplifting. This is a level of brutality that even in many of the most authoritarian countries, they don't have. Trump is promising this at every speech now, this sort of thing. Kill the drug dealers, kill a general jail this person, that person. Look at this. This is what he's telling us he's going to do. We should believe him. And when they're there, they'll knock the hell out of you and
1: kill you in some cases. And we will immediately stop all of the pillaging and theft. Very simply, if you rob a store, you can fully expect
0: to be shot as you are leaving that store shot, a bloodthirsty crowd cheering the complete suspension of due process. That's what this is about. Okay. Oh, well, if if you see them running away with a king size KitKat there, you know they're guilty. And so the punishment for stealing a KitKat now is you get shot, as Trump likes to say shot. This is absolutely brutal authoritarianism. Now, if the appropriate punishment for shoplifting from a quickie Mart is getting shot. What should the punishment be if you riot at the U.S. Capitol and you assault police officers? I guess in that case, you should get very comfortable jail conditions with vegan food. That's all of a sudden what these very same Republicans say. The suspects, the indictees in the Trump riots should be given. These people are disgusting, dangerous and disgusting, bloodthirsty. Trump says rich people in Beverly Hills aren't allowed to take long showers and that's why they smell bad.
1: But they don't want the water to come down all the way to Los Angeles and the Central Valley where we're constantly forced to ration. You have droughts We're rich people in Beverly Hills, we don't feel so sorry for them. But I do actually, you know, they pay millions of dollars in taxes. They're taking a shower. They're told to hurry up. You're only allowed a small amount of water when they take a shower. That's why rich people from Beverly Hills, generally speaking, don't smell so good. You know, <laughs> typically you ever notice they're not great. Their hygiene is not good, but it's forced to be that way.
0: Yeah. Trump continuing to be obsessed with indoor plumbing, whether it's showers or sinks or as he sometimes refers to it, the third element of the bathroom. You know which one that is, the one he flushes 10 to 15 times. But again, just attacking Beverly Hills and then going to Beverly Hills for an expensive fundraiser. Maybe right up there is one of the sickest moments of this speech. Trump jokes around about the fact that a MAGA lunatic beat Nancy Pelosi's husband over the head with a hammer. This is this is the sort of people they are.
1: And we'll stand up to crazy Nancy Pelosi, who ruined San Francisco. How's her husband doing, by the way? Anybody know? And she's against building a wall at our border, even though she has a wall around her house, which obviously didn't do a very good job.
0: A psychotic, bloodthirsty joke about your political opponent's husband getting beaten in the head with a hammer by one of your supporters and the crowd (laughs) (laughs) laughter and cheering for a home invasion in which an elderly man had his skull cracked and needed surgery. It's not even about cruelty. Cruelty is not even the point. It is bona fide sadism that these people are now engaging in. Trump swore at the event, which I guess is how he's edgy and relatable, and the crowd loves it when he swears. Yeah, but
1: if you become president and you don't like somebody, or if somebody's beating you by 10, 15 or twenty points, like we're doing with crooked Joe Biden, let's indict the mother. Let's indict.
0: Yeah. Uh, super edgy and relatable. And then lastly, here this this again. This was a speech in California. Trump's final pitch to Californians is that he will liberate them from communism, communism. Yes, the people living in the state with arguably the highest level of innovation, not just in the United States. If California were a country, it would be one of the places with the greatest rate of technological for profit innovation. It's communism. He'll liberate them. from.
1: The mission to help you liberate California from communist rule begins at noon on Inauguration Day 2025 2025 right we gotta make I'll tell you the election of 24 is the single most important election in the history of our country I used to say it about 16 it's the most important and it was but this is more important because we're gonna lose our country our country's going to hell our country's being destroyed Together we will take on the ultra left wing liars, losers, creeps, perverts and freaks who are devouring the future of this state like a
0: I can assure you none of this is going to happen in California. Trump or whoever is the Republican nominee will lose California. But the red flag here is this is a level of thirst for blood and hunger for violence that even for Trump is setting new records. Believe them believe them when they tell you what they're going to do. Speaking of violence and witness intimidation and threats, special prosecutor Jack Smith has now demanded a gag order on the failed former president Donald Trump. That's the guy who's been indicted four times, impeached twice and found to be a civilly liable rapist. Donald Trump now potentially will be hit with a gag order. Mediaite reports, special counsel Jack Smith submitted a new filing in support of his proposed gag order against Trump, citing his rant about executing General Mark Milley and his attacks on people like the judge in the case, Federal District Judge Tanya Chutkin. Two weeks ago, Smith's team filed a motion for a limited gag order. Late Friday, a new motion in support of that order responded to opposition from Trump attorneys, cited a raft of more recent events to underscore the urgency including his now infamous remarks about General Mark Milley, the filing, which you can look at in more uh, detailed legalese references specifically Trump suggesting that Milley should be executed for treason. It includes attack on the judges, on the prosecutors, and we will talk about that more as well. The real question here is, is there any judge in the United States willing to lock Trump up in pretrial detention? For violating the terms of his release after his four indictments. I can't say at this time that the answer is yes. I don't know that there really is a single judge in the United States who's going to revoke Trump's bond and say, you know what, you're attacking witnesses, potential witnesses, you're attacking judges, you're attacking prosecutors. You're going to sit in jail now until your trials, which, by the way, you're trying to delay for years. If you succeed, then you'll be sitting in jail for years. I just don't see that. Uh, I, I, as I said earlier, I'm not a betting man, but it is a bet that I would take that Donald Trump is not going to be jailed pending trial for violating bond. However, it is at least conceivably possible that some judge might find it appropriate to uh, in some way electronically resist Trump's access to certain social media platforms. Like, is that possible? Yeah, maybe. Maybe something along those lines could happen. But for those who are who are waiting around thinking any second now, uh, Trump's going to be jailed for his obvious attacks on those participating in the justice system and trying to carry out justice, I would not be holding my breath. The gag order request is completely reasonable. If you read through it, it cites copious examples of why Trump should be gagged. I don't believe that he will be. And I don't believe any judge is going to throw him in jail pending trial if you disagree with me. I want to hear from you. And by the way, Trump continuing to attack judges and prosecutors. I want to discuss that next. Donald Trump is appearing in court today. And on the eve of this appearance, he attacked both the judge and the prosecutor. This guy simply cannot stop. Here is a report from the Associated Press. Trump denounces fraud case as a, quote, scam as he arrives for New York trial over his business practices. That's today. Trump denounced the civil fraud case over business practices as a politically motivated scam as he arrived defiantly for a trial in the lawsuit, which could cost him control of Trump Tower. It's a scam. It's a sham. Trump said what we have here is an attempt to hurt me in an election. This, by the way, is the civil trial in which Trump is heading in the direction of losing his license to operate a business in the state of New York. If you are showing up in court, maybe you want to be on your best behavior, but not Trump. Last night on his social media platform, Truth Social, which is failing quickly, Truth central. Donald Trump posted, quote, I'm going to court tomorrow morning to fight for my name and reputation against a corrupt and racist Attorney General Letitia James, who campaigned on getting Trump and a Trump hating judge who is unfair, unhinged and vicious in his pursuit of me. He values Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida at $18 million when it is worth 50 to 100 times that amount. His valuations are fraudulent in pursuit of election interference and worse. This whole case is a sham. See you in court, Monday morning. Trump then continuing to attack the judge, quote, the Judge Arthur Engoron refuses to accept our big win in the Court of Appeals, nullifying much of the case that the racist attorney general of New York, Letitia James, has charged us with. Nobody can believe it. And Trump continuing, quote, Judge Engoron's valuation of Mar-a-Lago, the most spectacular property in Palm Beach, Florida, is fraudulent. He states a value of $18 million, knowing full well it is worth perhaps 50 to 100 times that amount. And Garon is working diligently to misrepresent me and my net worth, which is substantially more than is shown on my fully disclaimed financial statements. It's so funny. He's like on the the financial statements that I put a disclaimer on saying all these numbers might be wrong. I say it's worth much more there. Trump continuing, I have not even included my most valuable asset brand. He should resign from the bench and be sanctioned by the courts for his abuse of power and his intentional and criminal interference in the presidential election of 2024, of which I am leading all candidates, both Republicans and Democrat, by significant margins. Likewise, Letitia James should resign for purposeful and criminal election interference. She's fully aware that Mar-a-Lago and other assets are worth much more than she's claiming. Both of these Democrat operatives are a disgrace to New York and to the United States of America. You know, I I I have to admit, I have never been on the receiving end of multiple criminal trials, 91 felony counts and also civil trials endangering uh, my livelihood and my business and my legal right to operate a business. So I can't say what I would do if I ended up in such a position. I can't say. However, it doesn't strike me as the obviously best strategy to attack both the prosecutor as well as the judge. Now, maybe Trump thinks that the idea of cooperating with them in some way is so far gone, so alien to anything he would or could be able to do that he thinks it's a lost cause and he might as well go and attack them. Maybe that's what's going on. I don't really know. But this seems like very much the wrong approach. Now, we are going to see very quickly. Do any of the arguments that Donald Trump makes in public stand up in court? I know I've been saying this with regard to Trump's criminal trials. Oh, this entire entire documents cl- case Trump has claimed doesn't even relate to criminal law. It's governed by the Presidential Records Act. That is an argument that legal experts have said is invalid as a legal argument. You make that in court. It's similar to showing up in court. Hey, you're charged with DUI. I don't even recognize the jurisdiction of the police to evaluate DUI. I just don't even recognize it. This should be handled by something else, by some other venue. And of course, the court would say, "Okay, that's not a valid defense. You're not mounting a defense, so you're guilty. And here's the punishment this would not work. Similarly, we are wondering whether the arguments Donald Trump is planning to make or did make in court today have any legal validity. Uh, We already know that Letitia James has asked that Trump's lawyers be fined because of the frivolous nature of the arguments that they attempted to make in court. The funniest part of all of this would be in addition to Trump losing these cases, that his lawyers are sanctioned for making such stupid arguments. Because remember, being Trump's lawyer is not usually a productive or fruitful endeavor. You often don't get paid and sometimes you get fined or sanctioned. Trump asks you to lie. It goes really poorly. Sometimes when you're Trump's lawyer, you end up having to get a lawyer for yourself. We will find out by tomorrow how today's day in court went. I am anxiously awaiting news of it. We are constantly seeing data breaches in the news. It never ends. Verizon had a breach this year, exposing millions of users data. T-Mobile had two big breaches this year, exposing the personal data of 37 million people. It's a disaster. These companies have a record of everything you do online. And after these breaches, almost anyone can access your data. The real solution is don't let the company see what you're doing in the first place. And that's why I use private Internet access keeps my data hidden from my Internet service providers, from hackers, from others. I can use it on all of my devices with one account. Most VPNs log your Internet activity. Private Internet access is the only VPN to prove multiple times in court that they don't. This makes them unique, works with all major streaming platforms, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, to access content not normally available in your country private internet access is giving my audience a huge 83% discount you can subscribe for 203 a month and get 4 extra months for free go to piavpn.com/david the link is in the podcast notes donald trump junior had another manic episode he does not seem to be handling well that the entire trump business seems to be crumbling. Trump and his legal problems don't seem to be getting any better. In fact, they seem to be getting worse. And this is really crazy. Donald Trump Jr. spoke to a right wing summit in Texas called the Texas Youth Summit. You know, they talk about right wingers do protecting our children. We need to protect our children from this, that, the other thing. And then they unleash a completely hopped up manic Donald Trump Jr. On the youth of Texas. And it is really just bonkers stuff. Again, we don't know that he's on uppers when he's doing these things, but this is not a normal way to behave. It just doesn't seem like a regular functional person. But here he is in the Woodlands, Texas, addressing the youth of our country, if you can imagine
2: Uh, Lululemon doesn't have a lot of bread, right? I'm looking at the store. I'm like, there's not a lot of bread in a Lululemon. There's not a lot of bread in the Gucci store. And yet everyone seems like unless you're eating Gucci loafers, which you're probably not.
0: But this is the insanity, you know, remember, I remember. right. These are really relatable anecdotes, as you can completely understand now, maybe not shocking. The right wingers are now coming out of the woodwork to defend Russell Brand again. Everyone is presumed innocent until proven guilty and allegations are simply allegations to believe that it is all fake against Russell Brand. We're now in the court of public opinion. You have to believe that there are, uh, you know, fake text messages from Russell apologizing for the things he's been accused of that are that are fake or made to make him look bad. You have to believe that there has been uh, an incredible wide ranging conspiracy as always, as always. But that doesn't stop Don Jr. from coming out and saying they're going after Russell now. It's all bogus.
2: Strange, man. Russell Brand, just like Justice Kavanaugh, is apparently, according to these people, a serial rapist. Right. That's terrible. Obvi-
0: these crazy people asleep.
2: Like, why didn't this news come out when he was like married to Katy Perry and one of the most famous people in the world? I'm trying to figure that out, you know, because you'd think if someone was so terrible.
0: He's sort of making the point that contradicts the conspiracy theory. The conspiracy theory is Russell Brand's political influence has gotten so big that now they need to stop him with false allegations. Of course, as I pointed out. Russell Brand's YouTube channel gets thirty five percent fewer views than mine does. And so it's like, is that really believable that that's the reason his political influence is just so big? It's just that they love defending the, these people still very hopped up. Here's Don Jr. referring to The Washington Post as the Washington piece, and he gets kind of that confused look on his face that his dad gets when he glitches
2: Amazon. Jeff Bezos own Washington piece.
0: You know, well, maybe that Washington piece, you can't get away from it. And then Junior says to the kids at the Texas Youth Summit, if you let these left wingers do what they want to do, you'll be eating bugs. They'll be eating steak, but you will be eating bugs.
2: They'll be fine with you eating bugs. They're going to keep eating steak. Right. But like as long as they get rid of most of the cows and feed you bugs, you know, someone's got to eat the rest of the cows, right? It's going to be them, not you.
0: Right. This is part, of of course, the elitist plot. And then he starts to come down a little bit, really sweaty, but I guess coming down and just ranting and raving in a way that does not seem normal.
2: The Democrats on the committee. Play that. No, it's a bipartisan committee. So they call me back They do this. And the head of the committee at the time took me into the room after another hours of grilling. And again, they're not looking for anything. They know it's a sham. But what they figure is if they get you in a room for 50 hours over multiple months and different committees, maybe you say something just slightly different.
0: Yep, this is the perjury trap argument, which is there are no underlying crimes for any of these people. The four criminal indictments against Trump, the civil lawsuits bringing Don Jr. in January six committee. All the, there's no substance of criminality. It's let's get these people interviewed enough times that they might say something that conflicts, meaning a perjury trap of sorts. Uh, There is, of course, no evidence that that's what's going on. And it continues to be a shock that Don Jr. is invited to speak to groups of kids. Now, one thing I do want to say, I am not a person completely without empathy. As horrible a person as Don Jr. is and as terrible as his political instincts are about what would be good for the country on some level. I get that he wouldn't be doing well if my dad were under four criminal indictments, had been impeached twice, was the global humiliation that Trump is, was, you know, it was publicly known that he cheated all the time, had bonkers relationships, paying off women, uh, civilly liable for rape, and then just made a fool out of himself every time he spoke publicly and maybe is going to spend the rest of his life in prison. I wouldn't be doing well. I don't know that I'd be doing manic hopped up speeches to the Texas Youth Summit, but I also wouldn't be doing well. And we can sort of leave it at that. This is such a funny moment. Um, I want to go back a little bit to earlier in the show. I mentioned a little bit about Big California Day, Dianne Feinstein, Gavin Newsom uh, selecting her replacement and then Trump campaigning and speaking in California. This is so damn funny. This was either before or after Trump's speech in Anaheim. He went to Santa Monica. And he goes to I don't even know if this is a pizza shop or what it is. And he gets heckled, Okay, Someone yells to Trump, why are there only 100 people here? I thought you were popular. Brian Glenn is the host of Right Side Broadcasting, and he's also Marjorie Taylor Greene's boyfriend. Brian Glenn is so triggered by someone heckling Trump that he starts doing Trump's dirty work for him. And this is the way the cult works. You must protect the cult leader anytime there's criticism. Check this out. This is really good.
1: why is you were popular. Why are you are you? Hey, are you, hey go home. Hey, are, you, are you an idiot or what? There's like 100 people. here. Why don't you get the hell out of here? You You don't think it's popular? This guy's an idiot, President Trump. This guy's an idiot. I'm gonna throw his ass out of here. I'm gonna throw his ass out of here. He's an-
0: Idiot.
1: All right. Some guy was some guy guy was heckling in there. Look at the support you have here in California. It's amazing. People are lying in the streets. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. God bless you. you. We we support you. You know that. You know
0: that. Thank you very much. (laughs) We must defend and protect the cult leader at all time. Brian Glenn is the epitome beta, NPC to use their terms. Okay, these are not terms I use, by the way, sirs and ma'ams. These are not my terms. He is the epitome of the can't think for himself. Beta NPC just playing his pre-programmed role. I'm here to defend Trump. Why are there only 100 people there? I don't know. You're a bad person for even suggesting it. And by the way, Trump, uh, I've spent a bunch of time in Santa Monica by voters who live there. Trump may well be very unpopular in Santa Monica, but there's all those parts of California. I don't know where they come from, but you get some MAGA-ism. They I don't know if they come from outside Venice Beach and Santa Monica places with a very left wing reputation. But every time I've been there, I see crazy pro Trump signs and different things, prob- just anecdotal. But the point is, it's not zero support for Trump. Here's another really funny moment. Um, Trump is asked by a reporter. About overstating the values and size of his apartments, and uh, you know, Trump basically just plays dumb. the value of your properties, sir. What about Scott Hall? Is that a coward? Why did you overstate uh, the size right? of your Trump Tower apartment by why twenty thousand square that? feet?
1: Why can you Can you oh. remember it? Why no. do you read that? Wait. So why can you remember it? So why did You're you overstate the size of your
0: apartment by twenty thousand square feet?
1: Said you said said the
0: Trump's just arguing with people in a pizza shop. And you're
1: a fake attorney general of New York who's right. driving business out, who's letting murderers run all over the city. Right. They don't do anything to murderers that are running all over the city. The attorney general is a racist, Letitia James,
0: so a mushmouth Trump arguing with people about the size of his house and then lumbering off, I guess, to the fundraiser in Beverly Hills. Really not a good weekend for Trump. Visibly disoriented during his Anaheim speech, heckled and confronted in a Santa Monica and then trying to raise money from the very people he criticized in Beverly Hills while his son rants manically in front of the Texas Youth Summit. Not a great weekend. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here is a caller with a question many have asked me. Take a listen to this.
2: Hi, this is David from Lake Harmony, Pennsylvania, and so, I was wondering if Donald Trump is considered a registered sex offender now and if not, why
0: not? Thanks. Very good question. Donald Trump has been found civilly liable for rape. Yes, it's rape, but it's civil liability. The first element to understand as to why civilly liable rapists don't have to register as sex offenders is because there are different legal standards. Criminal cases, you need proof beyond a reasonable doubt, which means that for a person to be convicted criminally of rape. The evidence must be convincing enough to leave no reasonable doubt in the mind of a reasonable person that the accused committed the crime. Trump was found civilly liable in a civil case, and it has a lower standard of proof. It's usually called the preponderance of evidence proof, which means it's more likely than not like 50 percent plus one, we would say it's more likely than not that the defendant committed the act in question. So in a civil case, the purpose of of civil law is when it comes to torts like personal injury. And in this context, we're talking about the tort of rape, not the crime of rape. The point is, if there's a preponderance of evidence that you did the thing and you're liable for it, you compensate the victim for damages. The defendant could be ordered to pay money to the victim, but it is not a criminal trial. Doesn't involve the sex offender registry. The sex offender registry would usually be tied to criminal convictions. And the rationale behind it is public safety. If you're found guilty of a sexual offense in a criminal court beyond a reasonable doubt, you then have to register to inform the public and law enforcement about your past with the idea that by being so informed, you might prevent future um, uh, such incidents. If you can look up who are the sex offenders in my neighborhood. Oh, now I know their faces, I guess I can kind of keep an eye out for them or whatever. you can. There are varied opinions about sex offender registries. That's not what we are debating here, but the explanation here is civil liability does not invoke the sex offender system because the point is not to determine guilt in a criminal sense, but to determine responsibility for damages. And as a result, civilly liable rapist Donald Trump, which is accurate, which that's why we don't say convicted rapist. We say civilly liable rapist Donald Trump will not have to register as a sex offender. We have such a good bonus show for you today. Bobby Kennedy Jr. is now planning to run as an independent. And both sides are freaking out, saying, wait, does this help Trump or does this help Biden? Why is that a question? Well, the question is because the people who support Bobby Kennedy Jr., even though he has been a Democrat. Are pretty MAGA. So we're going to talk about Bobby Kennedy Jr. planning to run independent number two. There is a bed bug problem in France. I am personally affected by this. I will tell you how on the bonus show. And number three, Donald Trump wants Jamal Bowman, Democratic congressman, jailed for pulling a fire alarm. I'm going to tell you what happened. I'm going to tell you the argument that Trump's making and the entire thing. All of those stories and more on today's bonus show. And
1: we will. Ban oh, men.
0: That's actually the wrong clip. That's not the bonus show clip.
1: Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money right. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is
2: bad.
0: <laughs> Men will not be banned from the bonus show. neither will nobody gets banned from the bonus show. That's just crazy. Sign up at joinpacman.com. How did I even do that? Use the coupon code, four years for indictments. If you so please. We will see you then and back here tomorrow.